What is up, you delicious humans? And hello, you cheeky babes. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 12. My name is Kate. And I'm Kareem. <laughs> and today we are talking about setting boundaries, which is something that we uh, find incredibly, incredibly important. But before we get into the topic, CK, how are you? <gasps> What's been happening? How's your week been? It, I'm a mixed bag of fucking emotions, Kate Birdle. Oh, I have so many exciting things going on in life, which is amazing. So I have announced the launch of my program, which is very exciting. Yeah. So it's launching in March and it's called Stronger Core and Pelvic Floor. So this program is for mamas who want to return to strength training Properly, it can help you heal any ab separation, can help manage any pelvic floor dysfunction, and just make sure that you're using everything properly so we can really progress your strength training, get you back to what you love doing, which is lifting weights and lifting heavy weights and making sure that we don't have any dysfunction uh, in the journey to getting back to where we want to be. So I am so excited. It's launching in March. I still have like a lot of kind of prep work and that sort of stuff to do for it. Um, so I've been really busy and I've been working really hard. I didn't get home till, like I didn't leave the office till nine o'clock one night. Like I was just like, fuck, I just need to do this shit. Um, Eddie was home and, you know, he's been really supportive, um, but he also had a conversation with me the other day. I'm very proud of him. He was, he's learning. Okay, he's still <laughs> Got some work to do in his communication, but I came home and he was like, I'm feeling really neglected and I'm feeling really unloved. And I was like, wow, that's massive for him. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. But then he started like throwing shit at me and I was like, mm, hold on, like, let's take a couple of steps back. You were doing really well. How about you <laughs> let me know what you need from me rather than, you know, playing the blame game. So, um, I don't know, it was a little bit jovial at the same time, but I'm really proud of him for expressing himself. And I just had a massive, massive fucking emotional trigger um, yesterday and it was one of those triggers that just ignites the deepest possible pain that is inside your soul. Like if you think about the most painful moment in your life, <laughs> ouch, it fucking hurt, but I am very proud of myself of how I moved through that pain and it's not, like this isn't something that I've done before and it was really helpful to visualise. So I'm a very visual person. So I actually visualised the hurt and the pain and this is something that I picked up in the breathwork session, breathwork with Jess, I think that's her IG, Um, was just this visual of, her little baby rain. So I was just feeling this deep pain and I was picturing where I was. And I was, you know, in my room, like in a dark corner in the fetal position, just crying and I was scared and I was alone. And that's usually like, I'm not usually able to get past that point, but I visualized healthy adult rain um, walking over to little baby Rain and just, oh, and even now it gets so emotional thinking about it, um, just hugging her and letting her know that it's all okay and that I'm here now. Fuck. 
does this happen? Every fucking podcast podcast episode, Kate Birdle. Gee. <laughs> but it, that's a massive step for me to realise that adult Kareen is safe and adult Kareen, you know, is happy. Fuck. And to be able to comfort little Reed and let her know that it's all going to be okay. <laughs> oh wow every episode guys if you could see my crying face <laughs> all I want <laughs> but wow so yeah definitely like peak and pit right some very mm. high moments in my life and some very low but I'm, this is my love proud grateful I'm really proud of myself for how I work through that and just where I am in life and the confidence that I've built which is something that I never had. So, yeah, that's been my way. <laughs> what about you, Kate Bertle? Just for the audience's sake, um, normally yeah. we can – I'm just going to tell our dirty secrets. Normally, because we do this on Zoom and normally we can see each other's faces, but for some reason today my computer's decided to fucking shit itself and my webcam's not working. And so I, she can't sit – Karine can't <laughs> see me. And so she's like crying and I'm just sitting here and she can't see my facial expressions to know that I'm with in these emotions. So I could just see your name, Kate. Kate, it's not the same, but that's okay. I am so proud of you on so many different aspects this week. Um, First of all, read your program. I know how fucking project program, same thing. Um, I know how hard you've been working and I'm just so proud of all of the work that you've been putting in. And I know how much this is going to help so many women who've just had babies or have had babies in however many years. I don't know the correct <laughs> fucking words or terms or timelines <laughs> of this stuff. But Once postpartum, um, always postpartum. Just remember that, ladies. It's never too late to work on your core and pelvic floor strength. Oh, really? So even if I had a baby like 20 years ago, I, it's still worthwhile for me to work on this stuff. Can I? Fucking I. Yes. Oh, okay. That's es- good to know. Because es- I, especially if you do have signs and symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction, right? Because if you guys listened to last week's episode, you will know that I know absolutely fuck all about any of this pelvic floor stuff, and I learned so much in that episode with Courtney. Um, but yeah, I always thought that I don't know. There was like a period of time of postpartum that you had to like work on your shit, and by shit, I mean your pelvic floor stuff. So. <laughs> fascinating anyway um yes. on that i think yes. that you might have a little freebie that would really assist anyone who is looking to get a stronger core and pelvic floor and work on that stuff so do you want to share a little bit about that and we will drop the link in the show in, notes yeah as well. yeah so if you're just not quite sure where to start with your pelvic floor and core rehab i have a little freebie giveaway um and it's just like a really nice introduction to what your core and pelvic floor is. So it does have a little bit of an educational um, component to it. It, Education is something that I think is so important because it just brings so much more awareness. And when we have awareness, we have understanding, and then we can apply that knowledge to uh, what we need to do to help us recover. So just doing random exercises is one thing, but actually doing them properly and in a way that's going to help heal what we want to heal is something that's really important so I do have a little pdf I also have a little mini course which I am 
really proud of. It's got so much value in there and so much education as well as the how-to component. Um, so you get a little a snippet of a core and pelvic floor rehab session, um, the exercise video demonstration so you know how to do them properly. I also add in two bonus workouts there for you, which is our deep core and pelvic floor rehab as well as some thoracic mobility. So it's a great little starter kit essentially and a bit of a how to start with your pelvic floor and core rehab. Fuck yeah. So yes. get on that if you've had a baby in the last ever in your ever, whole life. Really? Ever. ever had a baby? Yeah. <laughs> this is very helpful for you. I'm learning so much about all this stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll drop that in the show notes. And then secondly, I just want to comment on how proud I, proud I am of all of the emotional work that you've been doing because, again, I've been very witness to everything that's been happening for you behind closed doors, shall we say. Um, and it is very difficult to work through emotions when you're, you're hurting and when mm. you feel the way that you've been feeling. Uh, and so I'm just really proud of you for all of that because... Healthy adult Kareen is in the fucking yeah. house. She's, yeah. she's driving the bus. So yeah. it's really. And yeah, awesome. all, your, all your analogies <laughs> are really helpful. <laughs> so just know that I learn a lot, a lot from you and I do really appreciate our friendship and also, yeah, what you teach and how you help. It, you've impacted my life a lot. Just a little FYI, oh, why I'm all emo thanks. and it's gushing out. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, so I have also had a very like polar emotional week as well. Um, I've mm. just launched my live challenge. So a couple of weeks ago, I launched my seven day body confidence overhaul, like mini seven day program, um, which anyone can do at any time. But then I decided that I'm going to run it live. So by the time this podcast comes out, I think we would have just finished it, but you can still access it at any time. So I'm also going to um, drop that link in the show notes too. So if you struggle with your body confidence, if you struggle with feeling shameful towards your body or just even consistently thinking about how much you hate your body or you look in the mirror and you hate it or you struggle to accept yourself in your current body or like literally any struggle with body confidence, this will help you. So we'll drop that in the show notes. So yeah, I'm really proud of that this week. But then on the other end of the spectrum, I've also just been going through it I guess actually mm. it sounds weird to say but like this whole year for me behind closed doors and like my home environment has just been really challenging and difficult and I was having a think about this when I was in the shower last night <laughs> which good is space there's a good thinking. space yeah or <laughs> when you're on the toilet doing the shit yep <laughs> totally, yeah <laughs> But I find in the shower because I'm literally distraction free. Like sometimes when I'm on, sometimes when I'm doing a shit, I'm on my phone. So when I'm in the shower, <laughs> I can't feel my phone. So it's really everyone, everyone, whenever you get an IG DM reply from Kate Pearl, she's doing a shit on the phone. <laughs> she's doing a shit while she's on her phone. <laughs> like strongly likely. <laughs> um. So yeah, I was thinking about this when I was sharing last night and how I, I was thinking about this episode and like what we're talking about and what I was going to share as per my chop update. And I guess just in reflection that a lot of the weeks in the episodes that we've done this year, I've sort of just been in a really kind of shitty place. And I think there's a fine line between like 
complaining about your life and not taking ownership and being honest. And uh, for me at the moment, like normally I'm pretty open and honest on my Instagram, but I'm just doing a lot of really fun reels at the moment. And so life looks really fun and really smiley and really great. But the purpose of us doing this podcast amongst many reasons is just to normalize being human. And um, yeah, there's just been a lot of family shit that's been happening behind the scenes, which has been really testing and really challenging and really emotional. And I felt really hurt from a lot of things that have been happening. And then being an entrepreneur and like putting your shit into the world, like you deal with imposter syndrome and self-doubt and like there's just a lot of emotional shitstorm going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's part of being human. Like there's always polar, polarity, that's the word, duality and polarity mm. uh, of different things happening. And so, yeah, work shit's been really exciting, but like home life and personal life has just been really fucking hard and challenging and shit for this whole year, <laughs> which is weird to say, but it's the 8th of February. So, yeah yeah yeah. that's that's that yeah which (laughs) which brings us into our topic today because there's been a lot of boundary setting that's needed to be happening with both of us and things that we've been um needing to have hard conversations around and so perfect timing really to do an episode on setting boundaries so do you want to share a little bit about why we want to discuss boundaries why it's important and yeah yeah so for me when I think about setting boundaries in my life the main reason that I'm doing it is to look after my physical mental and emotional health so everyone you know is going to have different values and you know different things that are acceptable for them and it's really important to make sure that you understand what your boundaries are so you can be happy Like we want to make sure that we're looking after ourselves as well as, you know, looking after the other people around us and putting up those boundaries is something that's really important for me to look after myself and my health. Mm. It's also a way for us to communicate our needs to others and a way for us to be able to help people know how to treat us. Like Mm. we get to teach people how we want to be treated and Oftentimes, we don't know that until we realize that something has been crossed that feels uncomfortable with with us. And then we're able to realize, oh, okay, there's a boundary. That behavior or that language is unacceptable to me. And so you're able to then communicate to the person that you're in a conversation or discussion or argument with that the way that they treated you is not something that you wish to uh, put up with or deal with. And that your need or your boundary has been crossed. Yeah, and you you can't expect people to know how you're feeling unless you let them know. Yeah, totally. So uh, I think boundaries is kind of like chucked around a lot on Instagram, particularly as sort of uh, the mental health conversations are a lot more um, prominent on Instagram. But Maybe you don't know what boundaries are or you don't know how to set them or you don't know what to do if a boundary has been broken. And so we just want to share with you today all about what they are, what kind of different areas of your life they might show up in, 
why we find them so hard to set and then, yeah, what happens if you set something and someone completely ignores it or disrespects it. So boundaries are simply the lines we draw for ourselves in terms of our level of comfort around others. And they're incredibly vital if we want to live a life where we feel like we are standing up for ourselves and putting our needs first, but they're really fucking hard to establish. Yeah. Yeah. So and we all. I, sorry, I think a big part too, like you said, is is because sometimes you don't even know what your boundaries are until things have happened, and and then you you get hurt. So yeah, it can be really hard because then sometimes there's conflict involved then as well, which a lot of people. I definitely don't feel comfortable with conflicts. And, yeah, so they can be really hard to set. Yeah, and often, I mean, I've found that as I've grown up, my boundaries have changed as well. Mm. And uh, your boundaries might show up in different areas of your life as you grow and change and, you know, you have different responsibilities and stuff. So it's really important that we are able to tell others when we realise where the line is for our boundary, what that line is, so that, first of all, we're not abandoning ourselves and allowing others to treat us in a way that doesn't sit well with us. Uh, And, of course, also, as you just said, if they're not communicated, then someone doesn't know how to treat you and they're also not aware that they've crossed a boundary. And oftentimes when that happens, when you don't communicate that a boundary exists and someone crosses something that they didn't know existed then that will result in conflict. And if you're not communicating it, not only, as we just said, are you abandoning yourself, but you're also then creating conflict with someone because they didn't even know the boundary existed. And so then they're unsure why you are frustrated with them or feel certain emotions towards them. Yeah, and we've got here too that like all we all have lines of discomfort and that was kind of what I was saying earlier is, you know, everyone has different values, different beliefs, what's important to them and, and what's not. So, you know, and people can be so vastly different. So communicating um, your needs and what your boundaries are is really important, especially if we have two people who are very different and have very different ideas and beliefs. Mm. And so... What these boundaries may have to do with a couple of different things. So there might be physical contact. So that might be like hugging, um, friends, family, might even be physical contact in like an intimate relationship as well. Mm-hmm. We also have verbal and- interactions. Yes. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I find I go always go yes whenever you, because I don't want to talk over you. Yes. Kate yes. Kate <laughs> I said this when I was editing our last episode. Again, I'm just airing our full transparency here. The message Karine, I'm like, every time we go between one of us speaking, I always say, so, I think I say, so, yes, and. It's like there's a lot of so's and yeses and you're like, yes, and. So <laughs> I'm really trying to be conscious of that this time, but I'm probably I'm sure we'll have to edit out a lot of that. Mm. All right. Um, also has to do with verbal interactions, which is, the way that someone speaks to you verbally, whether that's anyone in your life, friend, family, work, colleague, etc. Yes, and <laughs> stop. stop. Uh, we also have our own personal space. Uh, we've got an example here: choosing not to have others in your home when you aren't there, or one for me, a big one for me, is just like people not rocking up to my home uninvited. Un- uninvited. It might even be like. Um, 
with, and I suppose this comes with physical contact as well as personal space. Like, ugh, if you're a mum or a dad and you have kids or a dependent, you might understand more than others that sometimes having people on top of you all the time, ugh. So it's okay to set boundaries, even with your your kids. And I often do. I have to be like, hey, mommy just needs some personal space in the moment. Please get off me. It's me. Yeah, so these boundaries typically fall within a couple of specific categories. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So the first is emotional. So emotional boundaries are protecting our own emotional well-being. Physical, which is protecting our physical space. Sexual, protecting our needs and safety sexually. We also have workplace, which is protecting our ability to do our work without interference or drama. (laughs) And material, protecting our material or personal belongings. And lastly, we have time, protecting the use and misuse of our time. Boom. So... Yeah, hopefully those categories kind of if you're sort of unaware of boundaries or where you might need to set them, those six areas are the main categories that you might be looking to set particular boundaries in your life. Yeah. But, and I, sorry. No, go. Um, and, you know, some of you may not have had to look at setting boundaries. Others you may have. Are there any there in particular that stand out for you, Kate Pirtle? And maybe, you yes. know, more in relation to the now. Yeah, very much now is my physical space. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my emotional well-being, very yep. much so. Uh, I've never really had workplace boundaries. I've barely, I haven't spent a long time in a workplace. Um, I have had two set sexual boundaries before, like just things that I'm not comfortable with. Um, personal belongings, not really. And time to a degree, like I have this one friend who is consistently every single time, 30 minutes late. Mm. And at the start, I'm like, it's fine. And then when it was literally like every single time and and we live in the same town. So it's like going for a coffee or for a walk or something. After a while, it feels like they're disrespecting your time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to actually have a conversation with her because it it felt very disrespectful. Uh, like the first couple of times I'm like, oh, haha, okay, it's fine. And then every fucking time I'm like, yeah, this is not cool anymore. Um, and so now I literally tell her 30, and we've discussed this. She's aware of it, but it just helps. She's still like so late by like 10 minutes, but I tell her like 30 <laughs> minutes earlier than when I'm going to be there. And so, yeah. yeah, I think time, particularly like, you know, for me, I'm not a mom or like I, I'm, I am relatively flexible with my time, but it just still felt very disrespectful. So, mm, yeah, those yeah. are kind of my main ones. Time is something that is so important to me because I feel like I never have enough of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just very busy. So, I've, time is something that for me really needs to be respected. Mm. So, I feel that emotional boundaries is something that I'm working through at the moment. Um, physical, physical, it's, it's pretty good because I do have like a lot of time to myself um, in terms of like I work in the office by myself. So it's not really, uh, I guess, and I'm relating that to more having like kids on top of me. Um, sexual, 
my husband and I have had several conversations about our sexual needs and, you know, what we're happy with and what we're not. Uh, workplace, also by myself, haven't worked in a workplace for a long time. Material, I think it's probably more setting boundaries with, like, the kids is sometimes things are mine and I want them to be mine. And if you're a mum, just know that that's okay. You're allowed to have things <laughs> to yourself and particularly with food, guys. Oh, they're always like, can I have some of that? And I'm like, you know what? Today, no. Today, this is mine. I want to enjoy it to myself. Okay. It's okay to set that boundary. Um, and yeah, and I've discussed time. It's something that is is very important to me and it's something that I really respect and I respect my time. I respect other people's as well and their skills. Like you don't just ask for free stuff. Like people put so much effort and time into learning their skills. Respect that as well. Anyway, Rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why can't? Why can boundaries be so hard to set? Yeah, so even though, I mean, I mean, I guess that is the main reason. Because they're looking after ourselves, they're putting ourselves first, it often feels very hard to do that because we're kind of conditioned as kids to make others comfortable and not want to offend or hurt others and put others' needs ahead of our own. And so when it's, I guess it's the same, like I relate it to kind of like self-love, like often people say self-love or they feel that self-love is selfish or self-care is selfish because it means taking time out of your day, particularly just specifically just for yourself. But at the end of the day, as I always say, we are the only person that we're guaranteed to go um, to like. Oh, you're going to fuck it up again. We are the only person we're guaranteed to be with from birth through death. So, like, there's literally no guarantee that you, like, you know, even when you meet your partner, you've got 20-plus years before that. So it's it's always we are number one, but because of the way that we're conditioned, it feels incredibly difficult to put ourselves first, our needs first, and to communicate our needs. Yeah, and can I just interject there? Because this is something that is so important for me to teach my kids is about setting boundaries that they're comfortable with and communicating what their needs are. And I'm making sure that they understand that it's okay. And if they're uncomfortable with something, they're allowed to speak up and they are allowed. And I try and my aim is to teach them um, proper communication, effective communication techniques, and, yeah, if we can help our children set boundaries and understand their needs now, it's going to help develop healthy, happy adults. Yeah, again, to say something that I say, like, literally almost every episode, parenting goals. <laughs> yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> the way that you, uh, I mean, and I guess we'll get to it in a little bit about consent with your kids and a, a lot of different ways that you communicate with your kids and encourage them to speak up and speak their needs like literally you're setting them up to be able to hold healthy boundaries in the future which is just fucking yeah awesome and it's gonna you know hopefully save them a lot of fucking emotional drama right yeah, <laughs> yeah so if if you're a parent it's a really great idea to be able to encourage your kids to learn how to communicate their needs from a young age but if you're our age, as an example, and you were brought up in an environment, which I was, to 
um, put others' needs ahead of our own and you often felt like you were unimportant, well, I'm going to get emotional or insignificant or your emotional needs were never met, then that's why it feels so fucking hard to speak up and set these boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, as I said before, like we don't want to hurt or offend others and sometimes people don't understand why you're setting this boundary and unfortunately we just can't be responsible for their reaction because we have to continue to stand up for ourselves which just feels really fucking uncomfortable yeah one of the the hardest things I find with boundaries is the conflict that can be associated with it and like I've I I guess in a sense had to set boundaries with you um like when I couldn't make it to your birthday party it's a little bit different but when two healthy adults can approach a situation that does make it um a lot easier it's I find it's also really hard when the other person just maybe has a different level of emotional awareness I think that that can make conflict and setting boundaries quite difficult and that's Why always my what, birthday a boundary um well if we go back to our uh different the different categories probably time would have been one um and that's it really maybe emotional the emotion like uh, emotional maybe because it was going to take like a lot of emotional energy for me to come to your party, being having like social anxiety, um, not knowing anyone and just, you know, because it is a big drive. So maybe there's physical as well. So I think there was a few different, different factors. Hmm. I've never thought about that as setting a boundary, but I guess as we're talking about I, it. Yeah, is, and- I didn't really either and I, it kind of just came up. Yeah. The things you learn. But here's here's a prime example of a healthy conversation to have with someone. So Corrine called me and she was really upset. I was so said, fucking emotional. <laughs> it went, I need to tell you something that is so hard for me to tell you. And I'm like, <laughs> I was so uh, confused as to what you were going to say. Yeah. Like, this is a little <laughs> bit of an overreaction. <laughs> and then she's like, I can't make it to your birthday. And uh because we're such good friends I also there was you were going through a lot of stuff at that time yeah. as well there was with the gym and uh COVID and all kinds of shit and uh just to toot my own horn a little bit I honestly was quite upset because yeah. I'd asked you to say a speech and like you were are a very big part of my life and had like I could have easily been like why and like really upset at you and um I don't know like just respond reacted but I took a second and took a deep breath Mm. and I can't remember exactly what I said but it was something along the lines of like I completely understand I really appreciated you calling me because a lot of people didn't uh a lot of people didn't even let me know if they were coming or not and then also a lot of people um yeah, like just sent me a text or, um, yeah, just didn't let me know at all. And so I really appreciated you having that hard conversation. Like I knew that you, it made you feel really upset and yeah. but I really appreciated that. And I was able to understand and I think I told you like, yes, I'm 
disappointed or upset, yeah. but I completely understand. And so it was a difficult conversation for both of us to have, except we were able to have it healthily and move on. And in the end, I remember telling you, I'm like, you would have fucking hated that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't like, and this is again, conflict. I didn't want to hurt Kate at all by, I guess, setting this a boundary or letting her know that I couldn't make it. And it was really hard to have that conversation because I didn't want her to feel that disappointment, but I did. I also had to look after myself and, you know, that example of why boundaries can be so hard to fucking set and communicate. And yeah, but, you know, and I think that was was a a big part of our relationship. Like I think that really, you know, those conflicts and working through them can also bring you closer and just, yeah, just have a better understanding of each other. Hmm. I think, though, also my, well, I don't know, I shouldn't make this assumption, but did you know that I, did you think I was going to react negatively or did you think that I would be understanding? Um, I thought that you would be understanding because I know the person that you are, but I knew that you were going to be upset and disappointed and I didn't want to be the reason that you felt that way or a part yeah. of the reason you felt that way. Yeah, and so... I guess in this particular instance, I think it's slightly easier to set a boundary when you know that someone's not going to react really yeah. negatively in your face um, because I've had to set boundaries before with people who I knew were going to react at me or I didn't know how they were going to react, which was scary. So if you are sort of new to boundary setting, begin the conversations with people that you trust and people that you know won't react negatively at you because it it's kind of like, a slow burn into feeling comfortable setting boundaries with then like harder people that you know won't react well. Yeah, that that's hard. And I've had to have many conversations with people who do react. And I think this just comes down to like the the different emotional awareness or emotional um, intelligence. Also, you know, where people are in life as well can greatly impact the conversations that you then have with them because they just have so much other shit that maybe they're working through or they're ignoring and just feeling the emotion. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's not quite straightforward. It can be, but it really depends on the person, I guess, the relationship you have with them and just where they are in their, in their life. Mm. I also just want to say, just because we gave you that example, I am not perfect in this either. I, If you've been listening to all of the episodes, you'll be well aware that my coping mode is avoidance and mm. there's definitely been times, even recently, that I have avoided having conversations with people because I know how hard it's going to be and sometimes avoidance feels easier but it just doesn't in the long run. So I just want to clarify that. Yeah, I'm to speak for myself, like I'm definitely not perfect in doing this and I definitely do sometimes avoid having hard conversations in the short term, but then in the long run end up having them. So I just, yeah, I ain't perfect either. Yeah, and like you said, either assuming how someone's going to react based on past experiences or not knowing how someone's going to react can make setting those boundaries and those hard conversations even harder and... Mm. It, it is very helpful, and I'll use the example again of um, 
not being able to make Kate's birthday and having to let her know that when you have two people who are kind of like on the same level, it makes that conversation so so much easier. So Mm. it's not always going to be that, that easy in air quotes conflict. I still don't find easy. And I guess like how, how can we set these emotional boundaries yeah, that's a great question. Different, different, all different boundaries. So let's start with emotional. Yeah, so as we said, there's different categories, emotional, physical, sexual, workplace, material, and time. So we're just going to go through a couple of those and share some tips on how you go about setting them. So emotional boundaries are uh, they're about how others talk to and treat us. And so I said near the start somewhere that we get to teach other people how we wish to be treated. Mm -hmm. So as an example, if you have an argument with someone and they speak unkindly to you out of anger or out of whatever the fuck they're feeling, don't, the the best way to approach that is to kind of complete the argument, walk away and allow everyone's space to cool down and then reconnect with them and ask if you can speak about the argument so you're basically asking for consent to have a discussion with them then take ownership of any part you played in the in in the argument and apologize for anything that you might have said or that you felt yeah the the part that you played and then you tell them that you're not okay with them calling you names or saying nasty shit to you and that you will need them to not do that again in the future Now, if you're dealing with someone who isn't very emotionally intelligent, then potentially they might forget that boundary or they uh, might cross it in the future. And you have to decide, I guess, how many times or like what you're comfortable with in terms of like helping them realize that the boundary exists and that there's a consequence if they continue to cross that boundary. Yeah, and I can give a pretty good example here is I've you know mentioned in previous episodes the relationship that I had with my mum wasn't always what it is now and I've had to have like a lot of hard conversations and at some stages set really, really hard boundaries. Um, and we would, it, it kind of started when I was pregnant and there was a lot of triggers and trauma there for me that I wanted to work through and a part of that was having conversations with my mom and which were really hard for her because she was swept it all under the rug so all our childhood um all her all her traumas with you know dad were swept under the rug and here I am with a stick poking them right um because I had I needed answers in order hello what's under there ah um <laughs> And I'd often get on the phone to her and, you know, ask her a certain question and she'd be like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you making me feel this way? And would then start blaming me for how she was feeling. And it's many occasions I had to, you know, it is hard to not fucking be like, you're a fucking idiot. And I've had to like take that breath in, you know, calm myself down and be like, hey, you're doing it again. Like you're doing that thing where you turn it all on me and try and blame me for everything that's happened. I'm just asking. I understand that it might be causing a little bit of pain and discomfort for you. 
but I really want to work on our relationship. And in order for me to do that, this is what I need. Um, Also setting boundaries in relation to, like our relationship was really fractured and I felt so uncomfortable being around her that when she came up to visit um, Jackson, I had asked her to stay somewhere else. I wouldn't let her stay overnight in the house. It's something that I felt so uncomfortable with. And, you know, she, like, at the time, I probably really hated her, but looking back now and thinking about it, she fucking copped so much on the chin and I'm really, really proud of her. And, you know, she obviously wanted to work on our relationship as well and be closer. Um, So, and she did respect those boundaries. She did, you know, cross them sometimes and say things like, you won't even let me stay at your place. And And I had to reaffirm. That's because I'm not comfortable with that right now. That's not to say if we don't keep working on our relationship that that's not going to change. You know, we had many more conversations and I slowly started feeling more comfortable so I could, you know, reduce those boundaries or change those boundaries. And, yeah, just started from her not being able to, like I didn't want to be around her, to her staying somewhere else. Then she was able to stay with us and, now she's moved up here and we have a fantastic relationship, which is excellent. It's taken a lot of work though. It doesn't just happen. But there's an example of how I've kind of set a couple of boundaries, what we've worked through, and then how we've been able to progress through it as well. Mm, which is a really awesome story, particularly for if someone's listening and they currently have a very fractured relationship with anyone in their life that you know, you're an example of persistence and holding your boundary and continually affirming that boundary. And yeah, eventually if the other person, like it has to be a two-way street, Mm. the other person has to be willing as well, but eventually you can unfracture, like what's that? Like re-put together. I'm thinking about like a Rebuild the trust. Rebuild. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So if you're listening to this, just know that you can get to a really good place, which is awesome. And your testament to that and the persistence that you showed and your mum, that you're able to get to a really healthy place. Yeah. There's also other boundaries that I've set that people don't understand and still try and test and force, which, yeah, (laughs) that's not as fun. But I just want to highlight that, yes, this is one example and, like Kate said, like two people came to the party and we both got what we want out of it. Whereas, you know, sometimes you can set boundaries and other people just ignore it and they don't really give a shit and they don't really care about the boundaries that you set or they don't want to talk about it. And that's what makes it really hard for me. Mm. And that is also an occurrence in my life as well. Solid. So the next one is physical boundaries. So that is someone touching you and doesn't not, doesn't mean sexually, although it could be mean sexually, but um, specifically like someone hugging you or wanting to shake your hand or whatever, t- like touching you. Um, and so you've got a really good example of this one as well. And uh, I really love what you do with your kids in reference to this. So do you want to share that? Yeah. So I think society a lot of people family members it's they just expect kids to to hug right the grandparents will come over and it'll be like give 
give Poppy a hug. And and you can see, like, sometimes the kids want to and it's great, but sometimes they don't. And I, like, it grinds my gears. And it's like, I'm Poppy. Come on, come give me a hug. I'm your Poppy. And I'm like, so many times I've had to stand up and be like, well, you know, doesn't matter that you're Poppy. Jackson doesn't feel comfortable, and I'm just using Poppy as an example because it's the first thing that popped to my head. Um, Jackson doesn't feel comfortable hugging you right now. Jax, would you like to do a high five or, or a, uh, just say hi? Um, I think a lot of it is to do with respect, like especially when it's family, is it's respectful to greet someone and give them a hug, um, and that's why we do the three H's. So you can hug. Uh, which is, you know, quite intimate. You can high five, which is still touching, but at a distance, or you can just say hi if you want. So you're still practicing that respect, which, you know, I do feel is important, but you're also giving the kids the option to understand what they're comfortable with and they get to choose. Just because they're kids doesn't mean they have to fucking hug or kiss or, you know, their bodies are their bodies as well. Mm, which I also think is teaching them consent from a really young age, which I think is awesome because I, I, I think particularly with the older generation, like grandparents' age, uh, you see it all the time, like give blah, blah a hug. Mm. And, yeah, I really, again, just to fucking praise your parenting skills, I love that you do that with the boys because it's, yeah, you're teaching them about consent. You're also teaching them that they have autonomy over their body and they have a choice of what, they feel like doing in that moment and one day they might feel like giving a hug but one day they're like feeling whatever and they just want to wave and say hi and yeah I just love that particular example but what about for an adult like I guess kind of common courtesy these days if you meet say like a friend of a friend you kind of give them a kiss on the cheek and a hug or sometimes it's a handshake what happens as a as a as a, not as a parent sorry as just a human adult if you don't feel comfortable with someone wanting to hug you kiss you give you a handshake yeah you can just say oh sorry that's not something that I'm comfortable with full like full stop yeah. that's it <laughs> we don't need to justify yeah. anything um what I find too is also like asking um and everyone's different like I have friends and family members that I do hug and then I have some that I don't and I think it's just both of our preferences and a lot of the time when you're trying to figure that out it's just about asking and I'll often say oh can I give you a hug and and people who are comfortable with it we should be like yeah no and you can maybe you can either then test out their body language as well because you know some people hug and they're a bit like oh and you can kind of tell that they're uncomfortable so maybe just don't ask again um and there are some people who really like grab you and give you a cuddle and you're like cool they must be sweet with it but I just, yeah, consent with adults as well. I usually always ask, can I give you a hug? And they say, yes, that's awesome. Let's hug it out. If they're uncomfortable, that's cool. No skin off my nose. Mm. Yeah, that's something I don't practice that often. But I'm not, like, I guess the last two years, like, I haven't really met anyone new. No, 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 I did. And it's, like, with a lot of my clients too, you know, you've got to have that, um, boundary between like because you become good friends as well and you know sometimes friendships can be a little bit more physically intimate and I and you know it's always asking people like because sometimes I have these conversations that are like really deep and you know we're really connecting and physical touch is my love language and I'll always ask am I able to give you a cuddle and yeah I just think consent is really important all the time and Mm. which 
don't be afraid to be like, no, I'm uncomfortable with this. No, thank you. It's not something I'm comfortable with. Like, that's it. Yeah, and that's that can be as easy as what a boundary can be, just expressing no, which yeah. is a perfect lead on to our next one, which is sexual boundaries. So what does a sexual boundary look like? I think it's having a healthy conversation about what you desire, what you don't, what you want to give a crack at. Um, Also understanding that if you're in the middle of something and you decide that you don't like it, it's not comfortable, you don't want to do it, that that's okay as well. You can say no and, again, full stop. Hopefully you have a, a sexual partner who is respectful of that and is listening and is understanding. Mm. I think this applies to both someone who you're in a relationship with but also someone who you choose to have an intimate one-stop account. Like, that sounds fucking weird, an intimate (laughs) session. I think as adults, like, it's really important to discuss, like, what's a no-go, what you are comfortable, what you're not comfortable. I remember having several conversations with my ex about, you know, what was just he wanted to try something and I wasn't okay with it. And so that was that. Was that. And uh, the same goes for, like, I know with One Night Stands as an example, it feels weird to be like, okay, like before you're getting jiggy with it to just oh, express. I'd be, like, I'd be like, no anal, like don't even go there. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But if it's something that's a bit <laughs> awkward for you, like and, and maybe you're in the heat of moment and, you know, someone's going, let's just use the anus as an example. You can be like, hey, don't want it down there. Let's redirect them. Let's focus over here. I don't, I'm not really comfortable with that. How about you lick the puss instead? <laughs> love me a good love, love me a good puss licking. <laughs> me too. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and again, to just reiterate what you said, like if even if you do have a conversation and you agree to something or even if you don't, you are allowed to have autonomy over your body and you're allowed to say no in the moment. And, again, just even if you do say yes and then you don't feel comfortable – it's just so important to not abandon yourself and what and what you're mm. comfortable with in the moment because it can, when shit gets heated and et cetera, it's easy to be like, oh, and sometimes. Look, I mean, you might change your mind. You might change your mind. You might be like, cool, let's slip a digit up there. And <laughs> sorry, I'm trying not to laugh, but it's so hard. Um, let's, let's, let's slip a digit up there because you might want to experiment and, you, you know, you might be open to that in the moment but then realise, nope, definitely not something that I like. <laughs> yeah, and I found in the past, like in my early 20s, when I had very low self-worth and I think this is just a conversation for, well, it's relevant for all genders but particularly females, a lot of the time when you lack self-worth or you feel you lack confidence or comfortability in your own self. I, for a lot of my, well, this is very transparent, but for a lot of my sexual encounters in my early 20s, because I lack self-worth, I never spoke up about what was okay and what wasn't and then afterwards would feel a lot of resentment towards the person, but it wasn't actually them. It was because I didn't communicate myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, And so just, just a reminder that if you do lack self-worth or 
first of all, do my course, but second of all, <laughs> um, just practice speaking up for yourself. And it's just really important because you don't want to complete a sexual interaction and resent them or feel like a boundary was crossed, mm. but you never actually communicated that. And then the onus is essentially on you because you weren't able to communicate it. So I wish I'd had this advice in my early 20s because I had so many different instances where I just felt really used and yeah. yuck because I didn't speak up for myself. And so, yeah, I just would really think that's an important uh, topic to discuss within this sexual boundaries thing because I think a lot of females who struggle with self-worth, I guess to speak for myself, I always felt like it was about pleasuring the male and like never feeling like I could speak up for my own needs. So stand up for yourself, ladies. Yeah. Well, I never knew what sex really meant. And I think a big part of that is because it was never discussed in our household, which isn't, I don't think is helpful. It end, it can end up being like a really negative thing. It's taken me a long time to be comfortable with my sexuality and my sexual relationship. But yeah, I'm glad I'm there because it's real fun. When you know what your needs are and you can let the person that you're having a sexual relationship with know. Hmm. Workplace. Going from one extreme to the other. Usually sex in the workplace is a is a no-go, depending on <laughs> where you work, of course. <laughs> so yeah, workplace can be difficult, particularly if there's power imbalances. Mm. Uh, if you if your boss treats you in a way that you that feels uncomfortable it can be difficult to have that conversation because of the power imbalance particularly if they're someone who makes you very very aware that they're your boss or like that they have the power but where you work is somewhere where you spend the majority of your week and so it's a place where you need to feel comfortable and a place where you need to be able to speak up for yourself and speak up for your needs so uh yeah, oftentimes it's not like you get to a new job and you're like, hey, everybody, these boundaries, <laughs> don't fucking cross them. Uh, oftentimes you won't know or you can't communicate what that is until kind of a situation has happened where you feel like you've crossed your boundary. So what could you do in that? Say I had, I was your colleague, which I am technically now, and I treated you with disrespect or spoke down to you. What's something that you could do to share with me that that's not cool. Yeah, well, I can use our podcast as an example. So we'll often, you know, do the podcast and then when we're finished, we'll we debrief, which, you know, I think is really healthy for us. And we'll talk about, you know, what we enjoyed and what we didn't enjoy and what we can change afterwards. And if, like, you know, we speak quite respectably to each other, but in that circumstance after the podcast or after the meeting, we could um, sit to the side and I could be like, hey, you know, when you said this, it made me feel uh, really, oh, we don't want to blame. I felt really really uncomfortable. Maybe next time we could. I think it's always important to come up with a solution as well. Like, hey, I don't like being talked to that way. Um, You know, could you approach it this way next time? And it doesn't have to... Yeah, and that's why I find the solutions are really helpful because then it really takes away all the blame 
And that person might not even know that they spoke a certain way or that the way that they spoke is an issue for you. Totally. And, and again, it comes back to people don't know what your boundaries are and that's why it's really important to communicate. Yeah. I think with workplace, if your boss is a fuckwit, which mm. sometimes <laughs> they can be, just to reiterate, it can be very difficult to, like, with that power play and if they treat you with disrespect and you try to speak up and they treat you with more disrespect, HR exists for a reason, particularly if mm. you're working in a big company. So know that that uh, resource is available to you. And as a reminder, a job is replaceable. Sometimes it feels like it's not or you've been there for so long or whatever, finding another job is fucking annoying, but just know that your workplace needs to be somewhere where you are respected, where you can speak about your needs and you can get another job. If someone is is treating you with disrespect, you've spoken to your needs, you have gotten HR involved and the situation has still not dissolved or improved, then get the fuck out of there. That's a boundary as well. There's also some really great resources on on social media. So sometimes I'll see um, just some like random reels pop up or random posts pop up suggested for me. And it's about how to handle certain situations at work using effective communication, um, which, yeah, it's just, it's great because it's not something like I've had to deal with. I work for myself, you know, maybe when I'm scaling my business and I have heaps of employees in the future, it's something that I'll have to uh, learn a little bit more about. But yeah, heaps of tools of how you can approach certain situations. So it's worth having a look at. I don't know these accounts. Like I said, it's not something that I'm interested in at the moment, so not following, but really handy tactics and ways that you could communicate different things to set your boundaries and express your needs. What do we do if a boundary that we've set has been broken? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, this is really difficult because oftentimes when you have the hard conversation where you, where you build up the courage to have the conversation and you set the boundary and there's understanding from the other side and then a circumstance occurs a week, a month, a couple of months down the track and they overstep your boundary, it can feel very disrespectful and then sometimes it can feel like it can create a lot of hurt, which then means that you might react to the disrespect, which is never a positive thing. So if we were to take ownership for ourselves and our reactions when a boundary is broken, uh, it's I just know that you can cut contact with that person. It's up to you to decide how many times someone crosses your boundary before you decide to cut contact with that person. Like, I don't know necessarily that it's the best thing if someone crosses your boundary once to be like, okay, see ya, because Hmm. we have to remember that they're human and that, you know, they're dealing with their own shit. So I guess it's important to just decide, you know, it's not like you're going to keep tabs on them per se, but I think it's just important to decide how many times you sort of allow that person to overstep before you step in and say, okay, well, my boundary's been crossed, I feel disrespected, and now I choose to not have contact with you for a set period of time or forever, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, you can definitely move your boundaries. So I I talked earlier in the podcast about my mum's and I relationship and how I had, um, you know, 
different levels. I kind of like to use levels visual person. It just really helps me. So, you know, if I'm up the top, um, maybe when we first started our relationship, we were down the bottom, we slowly worked back up that trust till mum could be at level one with me. But, it, and it did occur during that, you know, relationship work through that there were times that I had to drop her back down a notch because a different boundary or, you know, a different emotion had came up and I had to protect my emotional self. It's okay to change those boundaries as well. And it might not be, like I said, cutting contact with that person. It might just be, hey, you stayed at my house once. I feel uncomfortable with that. I still want to see you, but I just don't want you to stay at my house anymore. You'll have to stay somewhere else. So, yeah, there's definitely different levels and don't be afraid to you know, change those boundaries to look after yourself as well. Totally. And this is not always the case, but if someone is just a bit of a fuckwit, <laughs> sometimes they'll particularly choose not to respect your boundary and that is a sure sign that they're then choosing to disrespect you and that's when you can choose to cut contact with that person if that's the case. Again, humans are humans if they're not a fuckwit and they're just a human who's got their own shit, they might just forget. And so you just have to communicate again that this is the boundary, you know, it's been crossed this time, I'm going to continue to hold this boundary and then again you get to choose how many times the boundary gets crossed before you decide to take further action, whatever that might look like. Yeah. And what experiences do you have that you can share with us about setting boundaries, Kate Pirtle? oh boy <laughs> i'm gonna start uh, on okay. the easy one the podcast is gonna go for another five hours guys strap in yeah, legit. <laughs> i'm gonna start on the easy one so a couple of years ago i had this friend who um continuously called me to emotionally dump and that's definitely not the wording that they would use but that's what it felt like they would call me and it wasn't like hey how are you like what's going on in your life it was like and just like dump on me Mm. and sometimes there are times in friendships where you have to support each other sometimes someone's going through shit and so if you feel comfortable to support them through that you get to choose that but when there's a friendship that's a one-way street and they just dump on you and then leave and never ask how you are or what's going on with you then that to me is not a friendship and It was really difficult because I knew that she was going through a lot of shit in her life at that time. And so I wanted to be there for her and I really wanted to support her through that. But after like, I don't know, many, many, many phone calls where she would just call me, dump on me and then leave the conversation, it left me feeling like one, energetically drained Mm. and two, kind of like I had to help carry her through this, which is, I mean, I've done a lot of work on um, not doing that with friendships. But, yeah, I I sort of had to share that and she wasn't happy with it. And so over time I sort of slowly started to distance myself. Like I didn't always answer her phone calls and just over time it sort of fizzled out. So, yeah, it's hard with friendships because – You want to be there for them, particularly if you know that they're going through hard shit, but also you have to look after yourself and know that friendships need to be a two-way street. Not like, again, there's times where 
it's like in relationships, you can't always be 50-50. Sometimes it's like 90-10 because someone's going through something, but it has to revert back the other way as well. So it has to be this balance. And so, yeah, that was a boundary that was really difficult for me to set with that friend because she's a lovely person and I knew that she was going through shit, but I just couldn't keep having all this shit dumped on me with no reciprocation. Yeah, relationships of any kind, of, I feel are definitely a give and a take or a take and a give. If you take something, you've got to give something back. You can't just keep keep taking because, like you said, you just get emotionally drained too because you're not getting anything in return. Mm. And, you know, so I'd, that was- I'd at least buy you a coffee and then dump all my shit on you. <laughs> well, no, we... I, I wouldn't we share our shit but then also it's at the end of that it's and how are you and what's going on with you and then there's yeah. equal support yeah and at the moment both of us are going through emotional shit and every phone call we have it's someone shares their shit <laughs> and then the next person shares their shit and that's to me what a friendship is and should be or at least the friendships that I want to have and so yeah yeah it can be really difficult but that's that's that. Yeah, I think like probably a, a big boundary that I have set that's not in relation to relationships, it's in relation to my my work. And I can remember like ages ago when I first started in the fitness industry, there was another coach who was help mentoring me. Um, and, he, and, you know, I'd be like, cool, so I'm going to work these hours and then I'm not going to work these hours. And he's, And he'd be like, why are you sitting on the couch doing nothing? And I'm like, because I've set boundaries for myself. Like my work is important, but my life is also important as well. And, you know, and those boundaries shift from time to time. Like I'm working on this big project at the moment. So I do have to put a lot more hours into my work, which, you know, I don't like the boundaries as I've set, I I don't want to work nights. Once I finish work, I want to be with my boys and I, you know, want to be with my husband and I want to do leisure, but occasionally it has to happen. Like, you know, maybe when I'm a millionaire, it won't have to. But at the moment, those boundaries do have to shift occasionally. So, but, and even with what you, like what you offer, price points you set, what you you give, like what their client's paying for versus what you, you give them. Like I often can get fall in, can fall in the trap of giving them more than what the program is offering slash what they're paying for. And I have to check myself on that and be like, cool, well, if you want that additional service, you do have to pay for it because this is my knowledge, this is my time, you know, this is my energy. Um, so, yeah, I'm still working on those things. I'm getting better at my work boundaries. But, yeah, there's just an example of something that's outside of relationships. Yeah, work can be really difficult. There's that thing... Uh, you know, you see people like, can I pick your brain? Can I buy you a coffee and pick your brain? And when time is finite, it I used to do it all the time. I would like constantly give away all my shit for free and like give friends free training programs and like all this kind of stuff. And then I had to really step back and be like, hang on, this is like, they get paid for their job. Why the fuck am I not charging them? Even if they're a friend or a family member. So yeah, work can be really hard, particularly when you work for yourself and you're a one-man band. It's like we had a conversation the other day and, I, and you were sharing something about someone, this is going to be really vague because I don't really want to talk about it, but something about 
um, someone not wanting to pay you. And I'm like, yeah, but th- would they do that to fucking Telstra? No. Yeah. So yeah. fuck off. That's not fair. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, work can be really hard when you work for yourself to set boundaries with your time and what you val- what you offer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's so many, like there's uh, such a large emotional attachment to my work too because I do want my clients um, to be successful and to feel amazing and to reach their goals. Um, and, yeah, so I just got to have to, you know, have the real specific boundaries for each service level and offer what they're paying for is what they get, essentially. Totally. Yeah. Mm. So one of my biggest, hardest, fucked and fucking let boundaries has been with my dad. And I've spoken very vaguely on this podcast about my relationship with my dad for several reasons. Firstly, and I actually discussed this with my psychologist at the end of last year, uh, oftentimes when I speak about my dad, it feels like I am um, defaming him because Mm -hmm. the perception that people have of my dad on the outside and the experience that I have had with my dad behind closed doors are literally polar opposite experiences. And, yeah, so I've never ever fully opened up about what that looks like because it honestly feels like defamation and I'm I don't know why I felt the need to share that but yeah I just have had so much painful shit with my dad over the years and I actually haven't up until recently which has then reverted but had a a relationship with him for nearly eight years I think and That's because when I became an adult, I decided how I wanted to be treated and he never treated me in the way that I felt respected or uh, like I was important or significant to him. And as an adult, I decided that that behaviour was not okay with me. And it was in my early 20s, so I never had the emotional capacity or intelligence to be able to communicate that with him at the time. And so I just avoided all of his calls and all and like everything for ages. And in most recent times, uh, a circumstance occurred last month that, so I'd sort of felt ready after doing a shit ton of therapy to begin to work, to reopen that relationship. And a circumstance occurred last month, which has for me shut that book again. And so now My boundary is that until I feel ready at whatever stage, whenever that might be, I choose to not converse with him. I choose to not be in his presence. I choose to not have him in my life, essentially. And that setting boundaries with your parents is incredibly difficult because I think that uh, they're your parents and you should, Mm, you know, the the shoulds and the expectations. I was going to say, but he's your dad, Kate. But is your dad yeah. in a very sarcastic and, way? <laughs> yeah. And as a parent, or at least to speak for that particular parent, he feels that because he is my dad, that he deserves to be in my life and to have a relationship with me. And uh, I wouldn't put up with that behaviour from anyone else in my life. So I just don't think, or at least my belief is that I don't have to put up with that behaviour from him. And so... Yeah, a circumstance occurred last month and that boundary has been reset and I actually was able to communicate it. It wasn't received well and it wasn't 
really heard at all, but uh, that's my boundary for now. And will that change in the future? Potentially, but for now, um, yeah, that's what my boundary is. And so I wanted to share that. I know all that sounds very vague, but I'm just not ready to open up about any of the daddy shit. But I just want to remind you that even if they're a family member Mm -hmm. and particularly even if they're a parent, uh, they'll probably try to tell you that blah, 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 I'm your parent, I I deserve a relationship with you and it doesn't matter how I treat you because I'm your parent and you have to just be okay with that. And that's, in my opinion, just not fucking true. You get to decide what behaviour you allow in your life, you get to decide how you were treated and, yeah, that that boundary has been difficult and it's been crossed many, 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 many times but probably to go back to the communication point, in my early 20s I didn't really communicate there was a boundary there so he probably didn't even realise that, well, he didn't realise that one was there, that he was crossing it. Um, yeah, so that's... That's a daddy boundary. And I think like through a lot of our conversation that we've had in relation to communication, and this is something that I just want to bring up is um, because you mentioned that you had communicated with your dad, but it had been received very well. And, you know, we've kind of had the discussion around, you know, communicating is about expressing what your needs are. It's, yeah, sure, we want the favourable outcome, but that's not always going to happen so you can't expect that just because you're communicating how you're feeling that someone else is going to be receptive or understand that um and if we come back to like there was this really great analogy and i actually learned it from about uh, like children and arguing with more teenagers um and just putting your agenda on the shelf well you put your agenda on the shelf and understand that communication is just about self-expression and we want to make sure that we're doing that in a healthy way. And if your agenda is reached, that's awesome. But if it's not, let's not have it as an expectation. Yeah, that's a really important point. That's actually so last September, no, 2020, uh, my dad had um, five heart attacks and yep. was in hospital and he had to have a quadruple bypass And I hadn't spoken to him for a long time and I was concerned that he would pass away in that moment. And so through the assistance of my psychologist, she said exactly that. And I guess just to reiterate your point, she said, go to the hospital, express what you need to express, but know that the outcome is purely self-expression and it's not, there's no expectation for an outcome. The outcome is solely about you expressing yourself because if he does pass away, and I know this is a very morbid example, but this is just the example that I have. Um, if he does pass away, at least you were able to express yourself and then hopefully there's no regret involved or whatever that might look like. And so, yeah, it's just, and, and even with me expressing to him last month about how I was feeling, um, he completely dismissed my feelings and invalidated my feelings and, I, but I, I mean, that, that hurt, but my outcome for sharing how I was feeling was purely about me expressing myself and actually communicating my boundary. And he invalidated my feelings and crossed my boundary, but it felt better to be able Mm -hmm. to express how I was feeling over just completely avoiding the situation, which is what I would have done in the past. Yeah. 
and yeah and fuck (laughs) it's just so natural it just happens because I want to validate what you're saying and also add to so yeah and (laughs) it makes it really hard when and I've experienced this too and I know that you have as well is that when you are setting boundaries with family but the boundaries that you've set don't necessarily align with what someone else thinks or feel and I have an example of that with my my sister-in-law. Um, like she was going through a little bit of a hard time herself, but the way that she was behaving towards me ended up not being okay. And I always felt really intimidated by her. I think we're both quite um, alpha female, quite dominant people who – like like control and in control of a lot of things and you know she was going through some stuff in her life and I think she had a lack of control so she tried to assert herself in other areas and it just happened to be with me and you know my husband always <laughs> like you just hate fucking being told what to do and I'm like yeah I, I hate being told what to do so when someone comes to me and, and starts putting me down and telling me ways that I should be behaving there's going to be a lot of resistance um And anyway, so it kind of got to the point where I expressed my needs to my sister-in-law and they were just totally ignored and I then set a boundary in our relationship. So it kind of, you know, gotten worse over time. I'd expressed something. It wasn't received very well. So I had to put up a boundary to protect myself in that particular time, physically, mentally, emotionally. And it wasn't received well by other members of the family um, because they had different ideas of what they wanted. They wanted the big happy family because that was what was important and meant something to them. And I was the person going, cool, at the moment we're not going to have big happy families because I can't be around that person in this type of environment. And there were a lot of tears by me and a lot of tears by other people because there just wasn't an understanding that a line and a boundary had been crossed for me and that it made me feel like absolute shit. And there was, I just felt totally invalidated. So my feelings didn't matter because she was only behaving that way because she was going through a rough time, Um, Mm. which, you know, you shouldn't be a cunt, even if you are feeling pretty shitty about yourself. And yeah, so it's just it's really hard to keep holding those boundaries when air quotes everyone around you is saying that the boundary that you're holding isn't okay because they have a different belief. Um, and it was said to me like, like grandma ended up coming over. She was like, you just need to get over it. <laughs> and I was like, grandma, no, like that's not what happens. I'm not just going to get over it. I've got these boundaries and I'm looking after myself. Um, yeah, and, you know, that boundary is slowly drifting and slowly changing. But the thing that I find most difficult in these circumstances is there hasn't been a conversation and I've tried to have a conversation and the other party doesn't want to have one or I think the other party struggles to talk about these sorts of emotional things and is quite dismissive of, about, of it, which just for me makes it really me fucking it difficult. Really- for me, I can't progress a relationship unless we have a conversation about it. So don't quite know what's going to happen there, but it just makes it 
hard when you're setting a boundary to look after yourself and other people are like, well, you shouldn't have that boundary because family is so important and we have to be a happy family. Mm. Don't get me started on the fucking happy family <laughs> shit. Uh, I can't handle being fake, right? Let's just be fake for a photo. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> so that what? We can put it somewhere and get, like, show to others, look at our happy family. Like, that's yeah. what really fucks me off about the happy family thing because it's external perception. Yeah. But, but my husband also bring up and he's like, you know, maybe this particular person actually feels that way, that they have this big happy family. And I was like, look at you being all philosophical. Go away. Um, right which, on, <laughs> which I think is, you know, and that's definitely that person's truth. Like they love their family. They want everyone together in this in this photo, whereas I'm over here like going, mm, we're still fractured. I don't want to get in the photo and smile and pretend that everything's happy. So, yeah, it's just it's different for everyone too. Different values, different beliefs, different perceptions. Yeah. yeah family, It. I think it gets really hard with family. I mean, it's hard in general, as we discussed, like setting boundaries is hard, but fa- there's just this expectation that because you're related by blood that you just have to always get along and you know, you have to have a relationship with someone because you're family. And some people believe that. And I guess that's where these disparities, is that the right word? Like differences Mm -hmm. with boundary setting comes in because then everyone just have different, different expectations. And when expectations aren't met, then it causes more conflict and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I find the difference in values really difficult, especially when it does come to family. And that's something that I'm uh, facing at the moment is, is like when, well, not even with family, like it could just be anyone really. Like when you want a relationship with someone, but they have such different values. Trying to figure that shit out is hard. Like, how do they fit in your life? And I think when those values shift as well, or uh, the perception in relationships shift as well, it's that's what I'm struggling with at the moment. I just, how do I fit it all into place? I don't know. I don't have any answers. Maybe I will later down the track and can share my experiences. But, yeah, relationships. Mm-hmm friendships family relationships family (laughs) family (laughs) it's fucking hard and you know just know that setting boundaries in those relationships that might be out of the societal norm is okay you are allowed to do that well we hope that you have enjoyed this episode and you've learned a little bit about boundaries and you know you've taken away an understanding that it is more than okay to set boundaries for yourself to look after the physical mental and emotional you no matter what relationship it is in your life you are allowed to set those boundaries yeah and just a reminder that they can change over time if you set a boundary now it's not concrete for the rest of your life uh much the same as if you have a relationship with someone now you can set a boundary further down the track that's totally cool it's all about looking after yourself and making sure that you're prioritizing your own needs. That's it.
So we hope that you loved this episode and learnt a lot. If you did, we would really appreciate it if you screenshot the episode, chucked it on your stories and tagged us so that we can connect with you and also so that you can help us share our amazing words that we like to express on this podcast. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just giggling. (laughs) Other than that, we love you. Thank you for having us in your ear holes and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.